0: Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. It's uh, the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. And after a show last week that was pretty chock full of some things linked to that 2023 social justice statement from the bishops and, and hearing from Bishop Long from Parramatta, this week we're back to a more regular show with our wonderful Godspot presenters. Mind you, we have got a few little uh, interviews coming up in the course of the next few weeks. We're going to be hearing from Rob Foulson, which is going to be great, and some of the, some of the men who attended uh, one of the nights that he's been running in the Sydney and Wollongong region about raising fathers. You're going to love that in a few weeks' time. But today, we're back to a, a bit more of a regular show that you're used to with The Journey. So you're going to be hearing from, uh, from the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton. He's going to be talking to us about books. We're going to be hearing from uh, Trish McCarthy. She's got a great little piece for us today on the importance of of boundaries in our life, how they define and and shape us and, and give us disciplines and really help to define us. You're going to love what she's got to say. Great to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. The Word is his segment. And today he's going to talk to us about Theology of the Body. Theology of the Body is a great series of writings developed by John Paul II at a particular point in time when so much of the stuff that the broader society was advocating around image and sexuality was being uh, in so many ways spread without a whole lot of thought or a whole lot of depth of understanding of truth around the world well he's uh, he's written this incredibly dense and incredibly deep series of writings that are now known as the theology of the body it's been described by many as a bit of a time bomb just waiting to go off and lots and lots of people and lots and lots of churches are discovering the, the richness of it and how it really speaks great truth now in amongst the, the confusion that exists around who we are, what our identity is, what sexuality is for and about, and what a gift it is from God. It's great to have Father Tony Percy in his very succinct ways, breaking that open for us this week. We're going to be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott, wisdom from the Abbey. She has a bit of a chat to Siri, and Siri comes up short. But to kick us off, we're going to be hearing from Father Christopher del Rosario. He's going to break open the gospel reading for us this week from Matthew 16, 21 to 27, with the really harsh words that, that Peter hears straight after the part of the, the gospel where we hear in last week how Peter is called the rock, and this week he's told to get behind me, Satan, because of uh, seemingly his inability to grasp what Jesus' ultimate destiny was in in journeying towards Jerusalem and journeying towards suffering and death for for our sake. And so Father Chris is going to be talking to us about the fact that there's no mediocre path in Christianity. Lots to get through, great music lined up as well. We'll be hearing from, from Newsboys straight after we hear this gospel reflection from Father Chris and... Plenty of other great music too. I can see Max Norton's got a bit of King and Country in there for us today. As we move through the show, Max, our our sound editor, and you're going to hear from him now as he proclaims the gospel for us. Matthew 16, 21 to 27. It's the gospel reading that's being read right around the world in uh, so many liturgical churches, including our Roman Catholic Church, right around the world. As we journey cover to cover through the Scriptures over over a three year cycle. Let's get into it. Faith, hope love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you are on the journey.
1: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to make it clear to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and to suffer grievously at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and to be put to death and to be raised up on the third day. Then, taking him aside, Peter started to remonstrate with him. Heaven preserve you, Lord, he said. This must not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my path, because the way you think is not God's way, but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who wants to save his life will lose it, but anyone who loses his life for my sake will find it. What then will a man gain if he wins the whole world and ruins his life? Or... What has a man to offer in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and when he does, he will reward each one according to his behaviour. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel reflection with Father Christopher del Rosario. Here is Peter thinking that he is helping
2: Christ by saying, Heaven forbid you, Lord, this must not happen to you. Now, where is this gospel actually situated? Last week, we all heard the other gospel. St. Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit to know that Jesus is in fact the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says, you know, this is not flesh and blood that has revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. He he is now being very human, being very uninspired by the Holy Spirit. And he says something that is very much Saint Peter and indeed I would guess all of the other apostles as well. This must not happen to you because they were looking at Christ in terms of a political Messiah. They didn't see him as he really was, that he was going to suffer and die and then rise again. Now I want to mention something to you. Have you ever wondered why is it that Peter and the apostles seem to hear the first part of the prediction of Christ, that he is going to be handed over, treated terribly, be put to death, and they never seem to hear the other side that he will be raised up? You see, selective hearing isn't just something that happens in marriage between couples. It actually happens between all of us when we don't really want to hear something. but at least three occasions in the Gospels, Jesus tells them the same message. So, St. Peter doesn't hear the second part. And later on in another passage in the Gospel, when they're coming down, for instance, from Mount Tabor, Peter, James, and John, they keep the secret faithfully, we're told, but they ask among themselves what rising from the dead could mean. So, Jesus Is very very clear that the knowledge of his identity leads necessarily to the demand to follow him as a disciple along the way of the cross there is no other way there is no mediocre path of Christianity that you can believe and truly know and have met Jesus Christ as the Son of God who touches you so deeply that Ezekiel Jeremiah rather can say you've seduced me. And Christ is capable of doing that because seduction is all about touching a person in their deepest level and taking full advantage of them. Of course, normally we hear the word used in a derogatory sense, but God who knows all our buttons knows exactly how to switch them on and make us turn to him. And Jesus can do that, but there is no following Jesus without also following him along the way of the cross. And the last thing I want to say to you is this, that how can a person go from, like St. Peter, from one moment being filled with the Holy Spirit, this tremendous insight into the identity of Christ, to now Just goofing away, saying, Oh, this must not happen to you. And then he receives this terrible reprimand. Because we must ask constantly to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't think that just because you've prayed once, it's sufficient for the Holy Spirit. We need to pray constantly so that, as St. Paul tells us, we may know what is right, what is good, what is perfect thing to do.
3: You're listening to The Journey. Music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
4: This time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear Spirit And He's given us new life We believe In the crucifixion We believe That He conquered death We believe In the resurrection And He's coming back Again We believe So So
3: to the journey music interviews and wisdom for living life to the full
1: now wisdom from the Abbey with mother Hilda
5: most of you would be very well aware I'm sure of a particular phone that's got something inside it that allows it to connect with an Android called Siri and ask this particular Android any question you like this fine example of artificial intelligence makes some sort of worldwide web search and comes up with the answer. Now we don't have those kind of phones at our abbey but someone visited us and she had one and showed us. We had the time of our life asking Suri all these questions and rolling around the floor laughing at the accuracy and non-accuracy of the replies. Finally she asked this question. Suri where is god and the answer came back i am not qualified to answer this spiritual question i suggest that you widen your consultation perhaps ask a human being now that blew us away firstly i'm not qualified to answer that spiritual question there was humility in a veritable robot How many times do you and I ever think to say, I'm not qualified to answer, I don't know the answer. So often instead, you and I want to look good with everybody else, so we come up with an answer, whether we know it or not. How is it that we think others do not see through our shallowness? Then comes the second part. Perhaps ask a human being, Yes, indeed, ask a human being if you want to know where god is because human beings are exactly where god is three cheers for the human being that knows within his or her own deepest sorrow that god is there crying too three cheers for the human being who knows in their greatest joy god is there rejoicing with them three cheers for the human being who walks down the street knowing that they're walking with the presence of God beside them. Three cheers for the human being whose very kindness radiates the person of God present. A great Benedictine saint, Gertrude, once said to God, when I return into my heart, I find you there. She knew where God lives. You'll find him in the human heart, no matter what the outside of the person looks like. And furthermore, because there always is more. If we ask Suri, where is Bill? Where are the people of Syria? Where is the person I can't stand? Suri would no doubt reply, I'm not qualified to answer this question. Widen your consultation. Ask God.
0: That was Mother Hilda Scott, and great insight. As Suri comes up short about spiritual questions... Asking the question, where is God? And Siri quite rightly says, you better ask a human being. And as I, as I speak and record this, Siri's going off on my phone, trying to answer the question for me. Always listening, that's Siri. Thank you to Mother Elder Scott. Now After the break, you're going to be hearing something that you might not have heard anything about before, but it's an incredible body of writing that was developed by John Paul II, absolutely founded in, in Scripture. Um, and it's called The Theology of the Body and God's vision for us in embodying us and making us in, in his image. you to love it. Bit of music, though. First up, you're going to hear from uh, One Sonic Society, Great Are You, Lord, and Sanctus Real in there as well, Dare I Hope. And after the break, we've got the word with Father Tony Percy from the Archdiocese of Canberra, Goulburn. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey.
6: Bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is. You.
3: on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness.
6: How do you pick up the pieces of a home that's torn apart? How do you believe for healing? For a grieving, broken heart, it's only by the hope of Jesus that light bursts through the dark to meet us where we are. his heartache become holy ground because he turned a cross of suffering into my victory now it's only by the blood of Jesus he laid his life down so my life could be found and that's why I hope And says he's worth Be taken by force Lifts us all from despair And says it's worth fighting for Our God still carries the way Of this broken world So though my sorrow is great I will take
7: Now, here's Father Tony Percy with his weekly reflection. This Sunday, the second reading is from St. Paul's most mature work, his letter to the Romans. In fact, Paul probably never wrote the letters. He spoke them, a scribe, wrote them down, carried them to the community, and then they were read out. So if you've had the experience of being moved deeply by the proclaimed word, it seems to be entering in through your ears and then through your whole body and transforming your body, soul, and spirit... That's the reason why, because the scripture is primarily a spoken text carrying the grace of Christ. In this particular reading today, we have this uh, remarkable assertion that as thinking beings, we should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, something very interesting has happened here in the latter part of the 20th century and now moving through the 21st century as a development of doctrine in the church's sexual ethic. It comes via the teaching of... Pope John Paul II. He was elected in 1978 as Pope and then died in 2005, making him one of the longest reigning popes. From the years 1979 until 1984, he delivered what is called now the theology of the body. So let me outline it for you. It's extremely important for young people who are being bombarded today with very strange and odd views of human sexuality. The Pope, through his phenomenological method and through his very, very rich Thomistic background has developed three experiences, primordial experiences prior to original sin. So for basically 1600 years, the church has had one original, original sin. So you ask any really well catechized person and they will say to you, if you say to them, complete the phrase, they'll say, original sin. With this particular Pope, however, we have original solitude, original unity, original nakedness, and then a reflection on original sin. It's quite a revolution. A uh, commentator of the Pope's writing, George Weigel, called it a theological time bomb due to be detonated sometime in the 21st century. It's a great phrase, and it's true. So the idea is... That Adam and Eve had an experience and so too every single human being should have an experience of solitude, of unity, an experience of nakedness, and then an experience of original sin. If they do, the Pope says, they will come to an awareness that their human body is symbolic. That's from the experience of solitude, from the experience of unity that their body is spousal, their body is meant for love, not lust, but love. If they have an experience of original nakedness, they'll come to understand that their body is beautiful and free. And then if they have an experience, a proper experience of original sin, they'll come to understand that their body is wounded, their soul, their whole being is wounded, yet redeemed. Very important point the Pope makes there. Now... If this is true, which it seemingly is, seems to be true, these original experiences which we have, helping us understand that our body is symbolic, spousal, beautiful and free, wounded yet redeemed, then human sexuality is symbolic, spousal, meant for love, beautiful and free, wounded yet redeemed. A lot of people in the modern world have probably had that latter experience, But now this offers them the opportunity to have the experience of sexuality in a very positive way. Sexuality is symbolic. What this means is if you think of your hearing, hearing symbolic of understanding. Touch, the most important sense that we have, touch is symbolic of love. So you get the idea, go through the five senses and see how they're symbolic. And then our bodies are not meant for lust, as is the common message in the modern world, but they're meant for love. Tenderness, unity, procreation, and then parental life. Sex, in other words, is the most transformative thing that we have. Beautiful teaching. Pope John Paul II gave it between 1979 and 1984. And the majority of people in the church can live this experience and contribute substantially to the benefit of their families and of society.
0: Thanks so much to uh, Father Tony Percy there. What a, what a great breakdown of the theology of the body. Based around St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, 1 or 2. And that's the second reading for the, the Sunday in Ordinary Time. There's a reading from the Old Testament, a New Testament, and then a Gospel reading. So we always focus on the Gospel reading in the first part of our show. And great to have Father Tony focusing on that letter of St. Paul. And in particular... Paul's call for us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And that, that just built in really well then to some of the things that JP2, John Paul II, had to say to the church and the world about God's plan for us and the, the beauty of our body and God's plan for our sexuality in particular. That might be the first insight you've had into to that. I'd really encourage you to break it open. It's um, it's incredible, incredible teaching. Stuff that the world needs to hear and that's uh, really Digestible for every single Christian denomination. More music. Here it is. King and Country. Love these guys. What are we waiting for? After the break, we're going to be hearing from Trish McCarthy. Milk and Honey's her segment, and she's going to be talking to us today about the importance of boundaries. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey.
6: What are we waiting for?
3: hope, love and life. This is The Journey.
8: And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. I recently made a mission trip to Fiji and it was a defining moment in my journey. One insight that will stay with me is the importance of boundaries and the foundation they lay for us to then go out confidently and unafraid. As we travel parts of Fiji, I noticed that each village or settlement had clearly defined physical, cultural, emotional and spiritual boundaries. These boundaries, I noticed, help define and shape the people who live there. What they do, how they live, what they value, the language they use and the things they shared. Boundaries help define us. They speak into and give context to our identity. Living in Australia we have many things to be grateful for, however in my experience, the boundaries I have spoken about are not so strong. Our suburbs tend not to have distinct boundaries apart from on the council map. And my experience has been that people struggle to identify where they belong. That deep sense of belonging that Christ and the scriptures refer to in the power of community. If you are unaware of who your neighbour is and how to relate to others in community, having a place to contribute and be appreciated, what values to pursue and develop, then our identity and well being becomes compromised. When we are secure and confident in our belonging and identity, shaped by those physical, emotional, and spiritual boundaries, we're more likely to take risks that contribute to building others. For example, starting that support group, inviting new people around, taking up a new sport, seeking to understand and share other cultures that may have been seen as a threat. My encouragement for you this week is to identify some of the boundaries you already have in place and share with someone what goodness they have brought you. Similarly, identify those boundaries you may need to put in place in order to help define and understand your identity, your limits and your capacity.
0: That was great. Thank you so much to Trish McCarthy. It's uh, great to hear about the importance of boundaries in our lives. We've got them in our geography. We've got them in in law, and we need to have them pretty well defined too in in various elements of our life, physical, cultural, emotional, and spiritual boundaries too. And as Trish said, they help to to define us and and help us to live lives well. After the break, to round out the show this week, we're going to be hearing about the importance of books, or more broadly, resources that we need to to form us and to guide us in our lives. That's the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton. That's going to be after the break. First up, though, here's uh, Matt Maher. Song Bigger Table, and uh, there'll be a bit of passion in there as well. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I really hope you're enjoying the journey today. Come gather round the mystery of love in our broken history,
6: where grace is the fault lines in me. Time and time again it welcomes me to walk house for the hungry a well for the thirsty we're all saints come together it's true.
1: from Baconsfield in New South Wales and you're on the journey.
3: on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness
1: and now here's the Bush Deacon Josh Clayton what does your
9: library say about you now I'm not referring to your local library in your town or your city and how it might help you with family history or how it might assist you in understanding the internet a bit better I'm not talking about that I'm more talking about the books the resources the things in your life that you consider important and the things that you have used and experienced as a way of growing and developing as a person. I've been thinking more and more about the books I have, the books that I have in my bookshelf at work, my, my bookshelf at home, but even the books that I no longer see because they've been hidden behind other books because sometimes, as we know in bookshelves, you might end up having two rows of books on one shelf not the best, but why are those books at the back? Why don't I have them at the front? Is it because I've moved on and grown or they're just not things that I consider important in my life anymore? I'm drawn to the fact that the books that I have sitting close to my bed are the ones that I consider important. They're the ones that I think can really help me in in simple ways, but can help me to grow as well in my relationship with God and with others. I have taken quite strongly to lately spending more time reading my Bible and reading multiple Bibles too, different translations, different ways, different footnotes to try and help me to understand more fully the message that is present in our sacred scripture. It's important for us to realise that sometimes the books that we value the most may not necessarily be the ones that have influenced us the most or maybe they are the ones that have influenced us the most. I have said before that I've been on journey, especially since uh, becoming a deacon in growing my understanding of sacred scripture and the importance of God's word in my life. It wasn't necessarily something that I valued before, but something that I really see is very important now. It's one of those books, multiple copies of that book, being the Bible, that is present in my life that helps me to be the person I'm meant to be. I suppose the question to pose for each of us is, what are the books that you value? What are the books that you see as key to who you are and forming you into the person that God wants you to be? Not just leaving you where you are, but challenging you. There's plenty of books that have done that. There's plenty of books in the Bible that continue to do that, but it's good for us to know how they are part of our life. Have you picked up your most important book or your favourite book today? Maybe it's time to do it and have a look and see what message, what inspiration, what hope you can find there.
0: Deacon Josh, thank you so much. He comes from down Bathurst Way and that was a great insight that he just provided us there around the importance of the different books, the different resources that we've got access to in our lives and and how we need to be choosy about what we digest, really be cooperating with the Holy Spirit and God and saying, well, what do I need to be formed in, in next? Things are going to help us to grow. So thank you to Deacon Josh there, a little piece that he called The Library. Thank you to him and to all of our contributors, to Trish McCarthy, to Father Tony Percy. Great to have Mother Hilda Scott on the show, of course, and Father Chris Del Rosario right at the top of the show kicking us off with the breaking open of the Word of God and that Gospel from St. Matthew today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We've enjoyed bringing it to you. We're going to be doing it all again next week, and we've got, uh, we've got some interviews coming up for you with Robert Fowles on and some of the men who were recently at a, a night that, uh, that we held here called Raising Fathers out Campbelltown Way. Uh, So in the Diocese of Wollongong, but connected with Sydney. And Rob does these all over the place. He does them all over the country. And just great to get some insights into the essential and vital importance of fathering well. That's uh, that's something you look forward to. Plus, great Godspots like you've heard today from some of our wonderful presenters. We're so lucky to have them. And really, really fortunate to be partnering with, well, over 30 radio stations now around Australia. Christian radio stations a couple of community radio stations too which is really awesome that they're putting this uh, this program on in in general community community radio stations and we understand that it's going gangbusters that people love it which um which is great and we hope that it's uh, it's blessing you and yours See if you can join us again next week. Go to jcr.org.au if you want to access this week's show or any of the stuff from any of our presenters that they've ever done. You'll see their mug shots and you'll be able to go through and pick out stuff that, uh, that they've given to us before. Okay, faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and it's been wonderful bringing you The Journey today. Hope you can join us next week.
1: The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Darawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.